Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we got a lot to get to. It's Wednesday, 12 October, the year of Earl 2022. We got an all star lineup. I got Mike Davis. On tech, we're going to get to it. Sorry, we got Josh Hammer from Newsweek. Brian Kennedy's going to join us. Alex DeGrasse on more congressional districts as the battlefield expands and now 70 seats, as Boris and I talked about yesterday. But I got to go back to this because this is the central um, theory of the case. What Lisa, I think it's Lisa Abramowitz of Bloomberg t- Television, said in 60 seconds is the most important, something the most profound 60 seconds on television in the year of 2022. She basically talked about this concept of fiscal domination. Fiscal domination. You basically had these governments. And this is why Liz Truss's fantasy about them. We're going to cut taxes. Do all this. It's a fantasy because they, they, their spending is so out of control over there. They can't even pay for it. And what she had happen when she announced it, then all of a sudden interest rates, you get the Bank of England had to step in because the pension funds were about to go out of business because we now know they've leveraged themselves and nobody understood this. Not just to hedge their bets in normal markets, they leverage themselves so they can make more higher returns in a zero interest rate environment. Since 2008, the global capital markets, the whole infrastructure of global finance has been based upon zero interest rates. And you've had these governments just spend this kind of Keynesian theory throughout the world, just spend and spend and spend. And now you look, I don't know, it's $300 trillion of debt every, you know, if you add up everything. But it's all based upon zero interest rates. So as soon as interest rates start popping, you're going to have we have a one and a half trillion dollar uh, deficit every year because you got to pay for the trillion dollars in the defense department, all the other stuff. But now you're going to add on another eight hundred billion or trillion dollars in interest cost. It's not it can't it's not sustainable. This fiscal domination and the central banks of doing it. And she said this is going to be the central issue of our time. But let me even pull the camera back further. And this is going to get to OPEC plus and what happened in the Gulf the other day when Biden, we know Biden begged him, don't say it before the, the don't say it before the election. That's even kind of noise. The signal there is the global south, the BRICS, the people that have the resources kind of stood up and said, hey, this thing's such a mess. We're going to cut back production and make sure prices increase while we have these natural resources. And here's the reason. Since, and Cortez, I want you to jump in here in a second. Essentially, since... The Ameri- remember, the American Revolution and, and away from the emerging British Empire didn't really totally separate us. Yes, it gave us our independence, but we were still inextricably linked as a financial model, right? It was later in the Civil War you would see that. That Anglo-American administrative state, right, global empire, you could go to Singapore, as I did as a young naval officer and businessman and financier with Goldman and my own firm. You could go to Hong Kong and Singapore and India. You could go throughout the world, and it was the Anglo-American Really from the Trafalgar and, uh, and, and Wellington's uh, of victory at Waterloo. You basically had an Anglo-American global world set upon, upon as much as possible English common law and the enforcement mechanism of the Royal Navy and then the American Navy and the American military. But led by the Bank of England and its offspring, the Federal Reserve. That essentially... Since 1800, since the beginning of the 19th century, until today has kind of been the rules of the game, basically. The rules of the game, the financial capital markets, which are inextricably linked, this has been the rules of the game. What you are seeing before your eyes, when, uh, when uh, Steve Cortez, my very polished, waspy uh, financial capital markets partner, goes back to his Colombian box and said, got bitch slapped, right? That's what happened. And, but here's what's more fundamental is that there is an absolute collapse in the confidence that an Anglo-American sphere 
of the way things have been radically doesn't work anymore. Why? Because of the irresponsibility of the elites of the Anglo-American sphere. They're craven, craven irresponsibility of putting the world into this financial situation and this concept of fiscal domination with politicians backed by Wall Street and the corporatists have just spent and spent and spent with no ability to figure out how to finance it and used easy money from the Federal Reserve and from its parent, the Bank of England. Steve Cortez, we are seeing the collapse of the intellectual uh, and, and societal collapse of the Anglo-American sphere throughout the world. And the global right. south is saying, hey, guess what? I don't think I'm in, right? I, I right. want to see, I got to think this through myself and I'm going to husband my resources and charge you guys a lot more. Steve Cortez, am I wrong in the overall construct of that? Yeah. No, listen, to put it in a historical perspective, you are exactly right. The Anglo-American Economic Alliance has effectively operated as one country because the one-time dominance of the UK, both geopolitically and economically of the world, it really flowed very seamlessly roughly 100 years ago into the dominance of the United States. And because we were so intertwined and are so intertwined with the UK, both economically as well as in terms of our heritage and our common law and our approach to finance, to law, to all of it, uh, it was a seamless transition really for the world. And it was wonderful for the world that the global economy was largely dictated by an Anglo-American alliance. But here's the harsh reality right now. Uh, because of mismanagement, because of the profligacy of both governments on both sides of the Atlantic, and then particularly because of the total squandering of, of this amazing heritage by Joe Biden and Boris Johnson, what you see right now, Steve, is the exact opposite. The UK and the US are literally the worst economies in the developed world by almost every single metric, particularly by the metric of inflation. And what we see happening right now in the UK, make, make no mistake, these are, this is the beginnings of a sovereign debt crisis. Only this time it's not some unstable emerging market. It's England. It's the mothership in many ways, as you point out, of our economic structures in this country. And the Bank of England has clearly lost control of the situation. They did get bitch slapped by global bond markets. And I fear yeah. and believe that this is a sign of much worse to come, not just for England, but for the United yeah. States. Drudge has up on the main page. I've got up on my getter about the 31 trillion, but there's no buyers now for our securities. When, when Jamie Dimon said yesterday in that clip we play, when Jamie Dimon, the chairman and CEO of JP Morgan Bank, he says, hey, this, the, the, this is going to be a global credit crisis, right? And it could be ETS, but it could be sovereign debt. When he's right. talking sovereign debt, we're not talking Greece anymore or these third world countries or anything like that or Italy. We're talking the United Kingdom and we're very shortly going to be talking about the United States of America. Remember, the debt ceiling comes up. Reuters just reported, as we've been talking about, debt ceiling comes up in the first couple of months of next year. And they're going to come back with another $3.5 deficit. This is all converging to a spot that you can't, you can't kid yourself anymore. You can't just right. print money anymore. It's coming to a decision time. When Jamie Dimon talks about, and I said it yesterday, a, he, it's like a papal bull coming out. When he's talking about a credit crisis, we are talking about a credit crisis that is going to dwarf 2008. Right. And here's the kicker. That's, 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 the, that's the shot. Let me give you the chaser. You don't have the Federal Reserve anymore. You can just print $4.5 trillion under Obama right? And, 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 and bail out the real estate interest in the stock markets and the hedge funds. That's what the Bank of England is trying to do right now. This is not a story right. just about English pension funds. This is a story about your life. Okay, because right. trust me, when they had that Asia Times, you know, they had that story about a global margin call. They're talking about insurance companies and money managers and all these guys are not supposed to be doing this. They're all leveraged to the hilt. And once the tide receives, you're going to see who doesn't have a bathing suit on. Okay, right. This is a crisis of enormous, enormous, enormous implications to your personal life. And when we get the political class to start to talk about this, and it's going to be forced upon them, you can either drive action here or you can react to what happened. And right now, it's going to be total reaction. Cortez, any closing comments on this before we yeah. go to technology? Look, the, the UK, I refer to it as the mothership. It's also the canary in the mine regarding global bond markets. And, and lest anyone out there think, oh, this is the UK's problem. Right here in the United States, as we speak, investment grade corporate bonds, those are high quality, not junk bonds, high quality bonds from the kinds of blue chip companies uh, that everyone knows. 
They have been absolutely smashed recently, and as a matter of fact, are at decade-plus lows as of this morning, meaning lows in price, yields spiking. So the situation in bond markets, I know stock markets are more interesting for most folks. They're more sexy. They're more glamorous. Uh, but bond markets actually matter a lot more for your life. And there is an absolute crisis in global bond markets right now. And yeah. you're right, Steve, it's worse than 08, 09, because we now have a credit crisis that is concurrent with an inflation crisis. We didn't have that in 08, 09. Yeah. So things are even more dangerous now. We and just adding to that, we don't have the balance that, we have sheet. Joe Biden, we have Joe Biden yeah. and Janet Yellen uh, yeah. at, direct, you know, at the helm of the ship. Jay Tapper, you should be ashamed of yourself. You have a crisis. We have a depression of working class, but you have a crisis in this nation. And you throw him a t softball question, like, oh, we're not in a recession, maybe next year, never as bad as it is. Okay, let me shift gears. We're, obviously, we spend so, a lot of time on this, but it's only getting worse. I want to go to, I want to bring in Mike Davis. One of the issues we got, and this is coming up now because of the vaccine, and you're going to even, it's even going to get worse, right? Uh, Naomi Wolf, they're having an investigation. The British government just announced Naomi Wolf's interview with Mark Stein on GB News. They're having, an, they're going to investigate what Naomi Wolf had to say on the show. They, I think they're pulling, may even pull Mark Stein's show off until they do it. The tech oligarchs, and this is because they already shut her down everywhere. The tech oligarchs out of control. We know we're going to take the house. Jim Jordan's got a theory of the case of the tech side. Mike Davis and Steve Cortez have, have a, another theory of the case. The question for both of you guys, I'll start with you, Davis. Where are you trying to get to? Where, where you guys are the, like me are the hardcore about this anti oligarch. We got to take these guys apart. So walk through Davis. Where do you think we got to go and how do you get there? So the goal is to break up big techs, gatekeeping power, gatekeeping power over online commerce and information. And the way you do that is through the antitrust laws. We've had the Sherman Act on the books since 1890, the Clayton Act on the, the books since 1914. Uh, the, the plain language of those statutes would allow the federal antitrust law enforcement agencies, the Department of Justice's antitrust division, and the Federal Trade Commission to break up big tech and end these anti-competitive practices. But the problem is, is that uh, we, we have what's called the Consumer Welfare Standard. And with the Consumer Welfare Standard, it's really, it started in the Chicago School. It's actually a conservative concept started by Bork, Scalia. And it's essentially conservative judicial activism that rewrites the Sherman Act, that rewrites the Clayton Act. So you have to uh, look at price when you're determining whether there's, there's an antitrust violation. The problem with the, the Consumer Welfare Standard as it relates to big tech is we get these uh, we get Google searches, we get Google Maps, we get Facebook, we get Twitter, we get these these digital online uh, apps for free, or we think they're free. We're not paying for them. We're actually paying a lot for them in the sense that they are surveillance. Uh, uh, they are surveillance companies that figure out as much information as they can about us, our movements, our searches, uh, our travel, and they sell us to advertisers. That's how they make their money. But under the consumer welfare standard, it is almost impossible to bring antitrust lawsuits against big tech. And so they have enjoyed antitrust amnesty for too long. And uh, they've, they've grown to trillion dollar companies that are crushing competition, shuttering small businesses and canceling conservatives. They have too much market power and they're able to use that market power to do harm to, to the competitive market. So if we are free market conservatives, we have to have a functioning market in order to have a free uh, free market. So what we have to do is update our century old antitrust laws as it relates to tech. So we can actually uh, federal law enforcement, state state law enforcement, private enforcement to uh, to use our antitrust laws to break up big tech's gatekeeping power over commerce and information. And Ken Buck, Chuck Grassley, uh, Mike Lee, Tom Cotton and many other conservatives are pushing a package of bills right now. Uh, through the House and Senate that, that take the first step into breaking up big tech. And that is, that needs okay. to happen. Okay, hang on for a second. Um, I've got Josh Hammer. I have Brian Kennedy. I got Cortez. I got Mike Davis. We're PAC. Alex DeGrasse is going to join us on some mathematics. We've expanded the battlefield now into the 70s of, of House districts that are competitive, including in New England, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Hampshire, um, maybe even Vermont. Course nine in New York. All next, as reported by the Washington Post, not Gateway Pundit. All next in the world. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take 
You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Cortez has held over for a few minutes. He's got to bounce, but he and I are going to develop this uh, this uh, thesis on the uh, Anglo-American sphere and the capital markets because uh, this is going to have a massive impact in the country's life and your personal life. Steve, real quickly, and, and, and David is going to come back and, and develop this a little bit more, but overall... Is the Davis approach, when you keep saying, hey, we need Teddy Roosevelt and trust busters, right. we have to go after these oligarchs, and they have to be broken up, and I mean really broken up, is right. his line of attack what you're talking about? Yes, precisely. We've got to be incredibly aggressive. We have to realize what time it is in America and the scale of the threat. These oligarchs are threatening the very American republic. And let me give you a piece of evidence to back that statement. You had a superb interview with Dr. Latipo, the Surgeon General of Florida, whose qualifications are beyond reproach. His analysis of the risks to young men of the vaccine, his analysis was literally censored by big tech, a sitting Surgeon General of one of the biggest states in America laying out a scientific case was censored by big tech. You know, that alone, and of course there's many such instances, but that alone should be enough to warn people that we can't tinker around the edges with some section 230 reforms. No, these companies need to be broken up and regulated. And, and let me be specific here. What I would love to see, and this would really show that the America First Women has power and that the Republicans mean business, this new, new Congress, one of the things that they can do is say tech companies, once they reach a certain size, no more mergers, no more acquisitions. Because a lot of these behemoths, they haven't just grown organically. They've grown through constant, massive mergers and acquisitions. It's not good for our country. The concentration of economic power, of political power, of speech, power over free speech, it has largely happened because of MA. How about we say no more MA for you, Google, Apple, Microsoft, all of them? That that would really show that we actually mean business and we want to represent the American people rather than multinational corporatists. I also think you got to do what you did to the regional to breaking up AT and T, the regional bell operating yeah. companies. These companies got to be publicly regulated. The digital. Well, we'll get to all the details. Cortez, real quickly, how do people follow you? Because you're on fire, brother. Yeah, please find me on the Getter. I'm at Steve. Uh, I did a live stream last night that you can still watch there on the Senate, where I predict we're going to end up with 54 Republicans in the Senate. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cortez Steve Cortez with an S. Thanks and thanks for hanging out. So, Mike Davis. Here's what I think we need to do, and maybe we do a presentation or you do it, write an article when we come back and do it, but I think we need to see the Davis, Cotton, Grassley line of attack and what I would call the Jim Jordan line of attack. Your, your biggest concern with the Jordan is that you spend this time, you get up, you eventually go to the Supreme Court, but you don't win, and so we're back. It takes us years, and we're back to the beginning, whereas your line of attack, you're saying this is actually going to give us traction to get to Cortez's really take, take on big tech. Is, is that yeah. the two theories of the case? Yeah, that's fair. So Jim Jordan put out a framework back in uh, July of 2021 when Ken Buck was pushing these bills through the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, Jordan doesn't have bills yet, but the problem with the framework is it doesn't address the consumer welfare standards. So what's going to happen under Jim Jordan's framework is big tech will be able to get to the Supreme Court 
quicker, faster, cheaper, and, and when? Because it doesn't fix the consumer welfare. So we have to fix the consumer welfare standard with conservative all-star yeah. Ken Buck's bills in the house, Chuck Grassley, Tom Cotton, Mike Lee. We need to get this done. Okay, the power of war room is this is what we do. Nomenclature, critical path, process, statics, and dynamics. We need you to lay this out. We, I think we need an article or piece from the great Mike Davis. Then we'll get into a, we'll get into a robust debate because this is going to be top drawer. And the Latipo, by the way, Dr. Latipo, we're trying to get him back on tonight. Washington Post came out yesterday with trying to refute him, and I don't think they refuted him. They tried to say that the study didn't work, and I don't think they, I don't think they really did it. So and it's a perfect example of Latipo just being – blown off of Twitter uh, immediately. We had Dr. Peter McCullough on last night. They took they took him down 500,000 followers. They took down Peter McCullough. Mike, how do people get to you and particularly all the time you're spending on this on this war against big tech? Yeah, it's uh, thank you, Steve. It's article3project.org, article3project.org, at article3project, at article3project on uh, Twitter, Dead or Truth. And my personal is at MRD, D-M-I-A, MRD, DMIA. It, I, and I want to go to the live chat. And I want everybody to vote on Julianne Murray as attorney general uh, and, uh, and her deputy, her deputy attorney general will be, uh, will be Mike Davis. I think that's, I think that's how we sort this country out. I would, justice, zero, Mur- I, would, I would get zero votes in the Senate, maybe a charity vote from Grassley, but that's it. <laughs> no, thank you. Keith. I, I got the TV rights for your confirmation hearing. Mike Davis. Thank you very much, brother. Great job. Thank you. I want to go now uh, to Josh Hammer. It's about Ukraine, but Josh, Josh, first off, you've made uh, Newsweek magazine, the opinion section, the analysis section, a go-to spot because as somebody heading it up and running it, you've made it a place where really active, great debate takes place. Walk us through that first before we talk about your piece on the Ukraine. Yeah, Steve, great to be with you. Um First of all, Mike Davis is a very dear friend of mine. I actually volunteer with his Internet Accountability Project group. So great to be here with Mike. You know, Mike and I see eye tie on the big tech issue. That really is one of the biggest issues we face. But as far as Newsweek is concerned, so hold on, I mean, but hang, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Before you go to Newsweek, well, tell us about in this. T- we have two. Look, Jordan's a revered figure, right? And Mike Davis is going to be a revered figure here in the war room because does such great work. Of those two theories of the case, why do you support the Mike Davis, Cortez, Bannon, Cotton, Moore? I'm not saying radical, but more we got to take these guys on and deconstruct big tech oligarchs versus I think the Jim Jordan is a little more incremental and a little more Chicago right. school of economics right. thinking. Steve, I went to the University of Chicago Law School. I mean, I took antitrust at U Chicago Law School. I mean, I am as familiar as they come with kind of consumer welfare standards, zombie borkism theory in the way that's, you know, some acolytes at the FTC and George Mason University Law School kind of retcon what Bork actually said. The point here is that we live in a world right now in the, in the year 2022 where corporate tyranny and concentrated corporate power is just as big and I would actually argue is a bigger threat, is a bigger threat right now than concentrated political power. We live in a world where corporate tyranny is a real, real thing. And our people, the deplorables, are being subjugated and dehumanized on a day-to-day basis. We are unable increasingly to access our basic kind of civil rights of platform access, increasingly financial services. Deplatforming and debanking are new civil rights struggles. And if you are not willing to kind of get your hands dirty and talk about old-school trust-busting, antitrust, increasingly I've been pushing common carrier regulation through the FTC – you know, if you're not willing to kind of talk about that, I mean, Section 230, is, it's important to talk about that. And Clarence Thomas on the court has done yeoman's work on that. We actually have a case right now going up to the court, uh, a, a case involving Google, where the court could, could potentially pare back the so-called Good Samaritan provision of 230. But if you're not willing to talk about antitrust and common carrier regulation, you're just simply not going far enough. As Steve said, you don't know what time it is. How did how did a Newsweek, which is supposed to be a left wing uh publication how did they end up getting a guy like you involved in making decisions about what uh actually the opinion section goes up how did how did that work out because you seem to have a uh, a very unique take on things I appreciate it. Look, I mean, if you go to newsweek.com slash opinion, you'll see, I mean, every single day we're putting up the full spectrum of viewpoints. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously quite publicly a right winger, but we're not publishing exclusively right wing content. I mean, we, we run the entire spectrum. So I, I have four deputy editors. I've hired all four of them. So including me, that, that's a team of five. 
I like the joke that we're two and a half right of center, two and a half left of center. My deputy editor, Badia Unger Sargon, is kind of the one who kind of splits the middle a little bit there. But we're putting up a lot of conservative content. I mean, we really are, and not necessarily just kind of, uh, you know, controlled opposition, kind of faux neoliberal righties. I mean, we've published some hard-charging conservatives. I mean, people like my friend Jack Posobiec, who I know is a dear friend of this show. Uh, we publish Amy Wax, Darren Beattie. I mean, I, I, I could go on and on. But if, if you go to the mission statement on the bottom of Newsweek.com under the current ownership, you will see that we are – committed as a company to airing a full diversity of viewpoints. And they take that mission very seriously. I've been there now two and a half years. And my mission since day one has been to try to implement that vision where we run the no, entire spectrum as, as best we can do every day. It's it's the best opinion anywhere in the in any print or or, or, or the Internet, because you've got the you got you got you got tough, smart folks on the left. I mean, if you want to go and get a full a full reading it's not it's not slanted in any one direction. That's what I really admire about it. Talk to me about this piece that really got my attention on the Ukraine. We started, I don't know if Burkwam's still around, we started on the southern border today with a couple of sheriffs in these counties down in South Texas, the Rio Grande Valley. They're just being overrun by the cartel, by the invasion. And our point is, this is the border we got to focus on, not the Russian-speaking uh, eastern border of Ukraine. But walk us through your piece, uh, Josh. So, Steve, my stance on this conflict has been really consistent since the get-go. So there's a lot to be said about Vladimir Zelensky. I mean, he is oligarchic. He is corrupt. He is a shill, a pawn of, like, the Soros NGO neoliberal cabal class. I mean, you and I both know that. At the same time, if, if the choice is between the Zelensky regime and kind of a Lukashenko-style Belarusian puppet state in Kiev, I have said since day one that of those two poor options, I would gladly roll the dice with Zelensky. The issue the issue is that with some exceptions, I mean, we saw some exceptions actually just over the past few days, but with some minor exceptions and some minor flare-ups, Kiev is not actually under assault anymore on a day-to-day -day basis. Again, the past few days has changed the calculus a little bit, but really not that much. The Russians largely retreated from Kiev back in May, and right now we are just seeing kind of two Slavic countries fight over basically ethnically divided kind of 50-50 Ukrainian-Russian regions in far eastern Ukraine and to a lesser extent Crimea. And, you know, the Russians and Ukrainians can deal with that conflict as they want. But that particular conflict over the Donbass region, Luhansk, Donetsk, Crimea, that simply does not affect the U.S. national interest. I mean, from, a, you know, from an, from an America first kind of national conservative, national interest, foreign policy perspective, I fail to see how in far eastern Ukraine, where exactly these regions take their orders from, whether it's Moscow on the one hand or Kiev on the other hand, that's simply not in the U.S. national interest. But nonetheless, the Biden administration and the United States and NATO's really, frankly, approach in general since day one has not shifted an iota. They are still backing Zelensky to the health, the rhetoric, the policies will give you whatever you want, all the weapons, all the money, blah, blah, blah. And at this point in the conflict, at this point in the conflict, that is reckless and totally irresponsible. We should be using our clout and our diplomatic pressure to get them to the negotiating table immediately. Josh, how do people get to you on social media? How do they get to you at Newsweek? Uh, I'm Josh underscore Hammer on Twitter. I have a getter. I probably should use it more often. But go ahead and check out Newsweek.com slash opinion. Fabulous job over at Newsweek and great piece on Ukraine. Thanks, Josh. And thanks for the help on tech, too. Brian Kennedy, Alex DeGrasse next. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, MyPillow.com, we have Mike Lindell. They're sending uh, relief kits down to uh, down to South Florida, Fort Myers. He's going to join us uh, at the top at the top of the hour. Um, make sure you go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARM. You got the sheet set 2988, but you got everything else there. Buy one, get one, freeze all the sales. MyPillow.com, promo code WARM. You can't get a big box. You can't get it at Walmart. You can't get it on the shopping channels anymore because he, be he believes in election integrity. Um, let me go now. I got Brian Kennedy. We have a lot of programming we're going to do, including War Room and a big special. We're going to have all the news and politics, but we're talking about the 20th Party Congress of the CCP, the mortal enemy of the Chinese people and the citizens of the United States of America. Brian Kennedy is the founding chairman of the Committee on the Present Danger of China. Brian, with everything else going on in people's lives, why should they spend a second working with us in the war room on Saturday? Then we're going to have, I think, a special at 830 at night, live coverage 
with the Committee on President Danger as they kick off the 20th Party Congress in Sunday morning in Beijing. Why should anybody pay attention to this, sir? Well, look, Steve, thanks for, thanks for having me on. The, uh, the Chinese Communist Party is the most powerful enemy the United States has ever had. And on Saturday into Sunday, the uh, 20th uh, Party Congress of the Chinese Communist Party will be held where Xi Jinping will be given a third term as secretary of the Chinese Communist Party. Xi Jinping is extremely capable. One could argue he's the most capable political figure in the world today. He has managed to conduct a biological war against the United States and get away with it, which led to the theft of the 2020 election. And he's preparing now for war against Taiwan. And so even though we care a great deal about our own politics, we have to realize we have an enemy who is preparing to take down the United States. The same way we want to take down the CCP, he wants to take down the United States. He's extremely powerful in China, and he's preparing to take that the war even more so to the United States. Is this is this twentieth Party Congress going to make him emperor? We say third term. That's, is it emperor for life? Is he now just like an emperor, even more powerful than Mao? And does he consolidate power over the Chinese Communist Party, the state of China as its head, and the PLA as the head of its military, sir? Well, it's hard to say whether he's quote unquote an emperor, but the reason he, he they're going with him yet one more time is because he's winning. Let's think of it that way. He is winning. And the Chinese Politburo believes he is winning. And so they're going to give him a third term. There's still politics in China. If he fails, they'll replace him because they're a ruthless dictatorship. But for now, he has power. He's winning. He's going to consolidate that power. It's not so important that he's so-called an emperor of China. What's really important is that he continues to make progress in bringing down the United States, corrupting our elites, and conducting unrestricted warfare against the United States. It's been our purpose at the Committee on the Present Danger China to explain that to the most important Americans. And thankfully, we have here on the War Room, you as one of our founders, helping helping us to explain that to the American people. Uh, Brian, where do people go today to find out more? Our, our webinar series, more about the Committee on the Present Danger China, and also you, your social media, and your websites. How do people follow all this? It's a presentdangerchina.org is our website where there's a bunch of webinars and a bunch of writings that people can access. Uh, my own social media is on Getter, at Brian T. Kennedy. Thank you, Steve, for all you do in, in uh, these most important times. Uh, Brian will be joining us back on Saturday. We're going to be doing a lot on the 20th Party Congress on the morning show. And then that night at 830, live from Dallas, uh, Frank Gaffney and a team down there, Sam Faddis and many of the contributors. We're going to try to figure out how to get that up so everybody can see it as it kicks off Sunday morning in Beijing. Um, by the way, the only people, I think, besides Bloomberg doing live coverage. Uh, Frank, uh, Brian, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, all the effort. Thanks, Steve. A true patriot, Brian Kennedy, a chairman emeritus of Claremont. Let's go to Alex DeGrasse. Alex, and I thank you for changing your schedule and coming on, but here's the reason. Uh, not Breitbart and not Gateway Pundit, not Citizens Free Press, or uh, the, uh, New, the New York Times and the Washington Post. Not exactly Friends of MAGA. The New York Times has had a major story about uh, the most competitive state in the union right now for competitive congressional districts is, wait for it, New York State with nine in in uh, in play, and this is all because of the hard work of Team Elise, Elise Stefanik, and Alex Grass. But in addition, the Washington Post drops a bombshell today that the most competitive region in the country is New England, from Rhode Island to Connecticut to New Hampshire. Alex Grass, you called this shot weeks ago. Walk us through what's happening that we've expanded the battlefield now to New York State and to New New England, sir. Uh, thank you, Steve. Absolutely. We talked about it on the show weeks ago, not only that the fact that New York has, you know, essentially the most competitive uh, seats more, you know, more so than anywhere else in the country. Um, we are on track. I think that we are more competitive in more than nine seats. 
So, but we agree with the New York Times that it's certainly the most. And I think the big issue is when we talk. Hold about on, hold on, hold on. Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because you've been you're saying right now, as you team Elise and the NRCC, as you guys look at, it, you think we're even more more competitive than nine seats in New York. You think it may be more that we're competitive in? Yeah, I think we are competitive in more than nine seats. I think people are going to see it. It's going might be one of the biggest surprises on election day is the fact that New York, I believe, will sweep red. Uh, we've got the posse all over the place. We were just with uh, Elise and I went downstate. Uh, we were campaigning for Republicans across New York. We went over to Connecticut last night. It's all war room. MAGA patriots on the ground rallying like we've really never seen before. It's so good to hear the feedback from voters, Steve. So it's, just, it's definitely what keeps us going. But the important thing is crime, inflation. All of this is like exacerbated in states that are, um, you know, blue governors, single party rule. I mean, crime in New York. They just had a shooting outside Lee Zeldin's house. Uh, it's getting out of control. Even upstate, we had a bank robbery in hometown New York in Glens Falls, where our campaign is based out of. Um, you know, this stuff no one's seen before. And it's essentially the issue set is even stronger in states like New York. Uh, and we're doing well with Hispanics, Asians, Eastern Europeans. Um, it's, you know, the Asian community really rallied behind President Trump. It's one of the most untalked about uh, stories, how what, yeah, well, okay. President Trump did in the city in, of New in, York. In, 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 the, in the mayor's race in Queens, uh, 60, uh, two-thirds of the voters, the Chinese-Americans, vote in Republican. Let me go to New England. Rhode Island, too, yeah. hasn't had a Republican in 30 years. These Connecticut seats. You got uh, Caroline uh, Levitt, and you got uh, uh, New Hampshire. Too. She's in Others. one. You got New Hampshire, too. Yeah, you got New Hampshire, too. You got Bolduc. But then you got other seats, Maine, too. How did we get competitive? The bastion of progressivism is New England. They've considered that a lock. How did this happen? It happened really because of Joe Biden's crises, like we've talked about on the show, Steve, and the fact that these Democrats are 100% complicit and voting in lockstep with Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. I mean, as you know, we're away. I'm in upstate New York right now. Heating bills are going to come in. National Grid just came out, said it could be double in price. It's the same in New Hampshire, Maine. You know, all of these states. Actually, this, I've seen numbers in the Senate race in Vermont that's much tighter than people think. So it's not even just the House. It's a total, you know, it's a total, like the dogs are out, Steve. It's getting crazy it's out there. Amazing. And yeah, I want to tie the, this. I want to tie. I want to tie this back to how strategically important this is. Three weeks on the show, you said every dollar they're spending, 80 percent of their dollars is in defense. 80 percent of our dollars is in offense. That's how we expand the battlefield. When do you think the inflection point comes? When do they start cutting their losses and concentrate on seats that they have to win? When does that happen? I think that is in the next week, Steve. I think when we're about close to two and a half, three weeks out where the, the um, it kind of gets the cake kind of gets baked, right? You're not really able to possibly kind of get up on TV. You know, in the last week, it's kind of tough to move numbers. I think that's when things are going to get really crazy on their side. The New York Times article says it best. They, they, they let the baby out. I mean, they said in their own article that Democrat inside, you know, internal polls have Sean Patrick Maloney neck and neck. So we know what that means. He's losing. He's going to have to take money away from other Democrats to prop himself up as a member of Democrat leadership. And the whole thing's going to crumble, Steve. I mean, this guy carpet bagged into another seat down south of him because of the redistricting fiasco that he put forward. And now he's losing in every single poll that we have on the Republican side. If we are able to win Westchester County, Rockland, I mean, it's heads are going to explode and we will win. We need people to dig deep and get out there. I want everybody give the sites where they can go to get more information. Everybody, if you can't stroke a $50 check, what you can do is volunteer for a phone bank to do whatever. There's all po types of possibilities to get engaged here. You want to be part of this sweeping victory. You want to say, hey, I was there and I was working on it. I wasn't just watching War Room. I'm doing it. Alex, how do people find you on social media, but more importantly, how they go with the NRCC, Team Elise, where do people go to get more information about New England and New York and these sweeping victories that are before us if we put our shoulder to the wheel? Absolutely, Steve. So if you want, you can email Team Elise um, for Congress.com. So that's team at Elise for Congress.com. We could set you up and connect you directly with these campaigns on the front lines. You can go to NRCC.org. If you're interested in looking at the memo on the House raises, you can go to www.redwave2022.com, kind of breaks it out for us uh, in terms of which seats Trump won, which seats Biden won by five, 
Because Steve, what we found out was some people don't even really, they're just kind of energizing. They don't really know. They're just waking up being like, wait a minute, Republicans winning in Connecticut? Like Kamala Harris, they just brought in Kamala Harris last week, Steve, (laughs) to Hartford, Connecticut to prop up a failing candidate. I mean, this is getting crazy. Just had had Biden in Poughkeepsie, right? I mean, the whole thing is nuts, nuts and valley. So they see the numbers we see, Steve. And I'm on social media, at DeGrasse, Alex DeGrasse on Truth. But thank you guys, everyone. It's going to get real tough, so we appreciate the help. Let's let's get into the fight right now. Alex, thank you so much for the good guidance. That's why Obama, Thanks, they're calling Obama, says it's existential. We can't take Biden. You got to come. So no, do we have the, uh, do we have the, uh, the carry, do we have the Katie Hobbs thing? Can we play that? Can we play the Katie Hobbs quickly before I introduce John? Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, that's the brief question about statements that he's made. Oh, you took the photo. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk politics to anyone who I don't know. Is that an AR-15? That is an AR-15. Easier to fire. Let me have it. Let me have it. Really? I can play that all day. That's we're going to get the Veritas guys on. Katie Hobbs has run away from the reporters so quickly. She spills her coke. It's so. I don't want to talk to anybody that's I don't know about politics. She's that's a that's going to be a winner. Get up on a debate stage, John. Yep. Tell us about this event you're going to have in Arizona. What, Catholics for Catholics? What is it, sir? Steve, uh, we were sitting around in the summertime and just looking at the races, and it just hit us like um, we we compared it to when General Warren on Little Round Top was sent up there to, to, to scout the battlefield at Gettysburg, and he just it just hit him like a truck. Like, how is this possible that we have five Candidates in the most important races, the governor, secretary of state, U.S. Senate, and two key congressionals, and all of them are close, but all of them down to a T are running up against Democrats who refer to themselves as Catholic. Now, as a Catholic myself, you yourself as Catholic as well, it, it's like that just can't be. You just can't throw that title around. And so a group of us got together and said we're going to get involved and reclaim that word Catholic. So October 13th. Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. You know the significance of that date. Um, we have General Flynn uh, headlining an event for us with Father James Zaltman and uh, a slew of candidates are going to be there to, uh, to reclaim the John, word. John, John, hang on for one second. I want to get this all out after the break. we got the great Mike Lindell, a huge project on pillow that only Mike Lindell can pull off. John Yep from Arizona. Mike Lindell from the great state of Minnesota, all next in the war room. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, everybody's got to get together, get our, we're all our contributors on, they get the total immersive experience. Also, we're putting up doing lives all the time. Uh, Cortez does these amazing live, Navarro, all of it. So go download today. And remember, I'm a moron when it comes to that stuff, and I can use it. So it's the simplest thing in the world. Uh, yep. Uh, tell me, once again, give me the thing on the 13th. Where do people go? Everybody in the greater uh, metro Phoenix area or anywhere around Arizona, New Mexico, Texas can come to this. Mike Flynn. Uh, heads it up. What's going on and how do people get there? Absolutely. Uh, Catholics for Catholics is sponsoring their inaugural event uh, October 13th. It's in Metro Phoenix. You can go to our website, c4c.com, letter C-F-O-R-C.com, or you can text 602-737-1111 and keep up to date that way. This is going to be a special night. If, if you understand the importance of the Catholic vote, and how we vote and how we decide elections. And you need to be there and you need their support uh, either with your prayers or your presence in person. And Steve, we really hope you can make it yourself. We would love to have you part of the party. Well, so it's such a special event and you're right. This is, this is definitional. It's got to be stated. And I, I'm really proud that you guys are doing this. And Arizona is the railhead of this fight. So it's so important to do it in Arizona. John, thank you very much. We look forward to pushing this out hard. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Steve. Yep. Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell knows it, that and Mike Lindell knows that Arizona is the railhead. Remember, because of Mike Lindell's work in the state of Arizona to get to the bottom 
of what exactly happened to make sure we can have free and fair elections. He was canceled on the home shopping channels, at retail, the big boxes, and finally Walmart. And I got to tell you, and this is why this guy's a special guy. Most guys would spend 150% of the time working on their business, and he does that. But he carves out the other 100%. He's working on um, on election integrity to make sure this country goes, doesn't go through this problem again. In addition, he's got the he's got the the Christian based drug network to get people off of uh, off of drugs and to be saved by turning their lives over to Christ. But on top of all that, he's also doing all types of philanthropy. And Mike, what you guys have done uh, starting last night and what's going to head up? Tell us what tell us what happened. Let's get the photos. What did you guys? What did you decide to do with the team at My Pillow? And what's going to? How are we going to start War Room tomorrow morning at ten o'clock, sir? Well, they worked. Uh, they worked all this last weekend, and they were very excited. We've done it with other hurricane victims before and other disasters, and uh, they worked all all weekend. And uh, we sent a uh, the first truck headed south. Uh, I believe it arrives uh, um, early tomorrow morning or later tonight. Um, that's our Frank Speech truck there. That they, uh, but it's loaded with uh, uh, my pillows and blankets and Bible pillows for the kids. Um, and, uh, I'm just looking forward to Steve. We're, we're meeting them. I'm meeting them there in the morning in, uh, Fort Myers, uh, with Samaritan's Purse, everybody. And they are awesome, by the way. Samaritan's Purse, a, uh, Franklin Graham, that is all, that worked with them before. They're amazing. And we're going to go right into the neighborhood, Steve. We're going to, I'll be, I'll be, uh, um, talking to the people just like I did with the other hurricanes. And, and I, I so look forward to that. And, but my, um, um, we've got, uh, we, we, like you say, we've added blankets to the pillows this time. Uh, it was requests for hearing down there that they, uh, uh, the blankets were needed. So, so, we, so, uh, so, so when I left you in New Mexico, you then went to both rallies. You were in Nevada and you were in Arizona. You talked, the speeches were incredible. Your, your time in New Mexico was in, just insane. You guys, my pillow, you went back, you guys were putting together, making these blankets and pillows and Bible pillows, everything to ship down to South Florida to help the uh, hurricane victims is that what the my pillow team was working on absolutely as we were as i was out there we're always we're always doing a lot of different things and in the meantime we set up the my pillow shop or the my store shopping channel so we had a bunch of entrepreneurs working on that some that had came up here to my pillow and uh uh working on that and filming so um it's just we we're just doing a lot here and uh but the employees they really it gives them a lot of, um, um, it makes them all feel really good that they're helping others. And, you know, cause we get attacked all the time, Steve. And, they, you know, my employees, they, they, uh, uh, out on social media, you know, I was just in California and this restaurant owner got attacked there by, on social media by these cowards, uh, bots and trolls that'll sit back and attack good things going on. But she stood her ground there and, and, um, uh, I just like to see my, the employees and stuff feel good, feel good, feel good that they're helping out. And, um, they, uh, we're like a big family. You know, we have, uh, um, all walks of life. We have Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, and over 2000, 2000 employees. I want to be blunt though. The home shopping channels, the QVCs, the big box stores, the Bed Bath Beyonds, the Walmarts. Are you guys walking Walmart? What they're trying to do is destroy Mike Lindell. Th- these products are very profitable to them. They're actually taking profits away from their shareholders to destroy Mike Lindell. And That's why correct. are they trying to destroy you, Mike? We got a minute. Why? Why have they? Why have they, commercial enterprises destroy you? Right, a hundred percent. It's my voice. You know. We've got uh, just great things coming out of court in Nevada uh, that came came out last week. But uh, they want my voice gone. They want my voice gone. God gave me this platform uh, to be able to get our voice. I consider it everybody out there that doesn't have a voice speaking for everybody. And uh, um, just like you guys do here on War Room. And, and that's what they want. They want us gone, Steve. They do not want us talking about anything, uh, having any discussion about things that don't make sense or, or stolen elections or the biggest crime in history. That's what this is all about. And, uh, we're never going to quit. We're never going to stop speaking out. And you, I can't unsee what I've saw and I can't unknow what I know. And I will never change. I will never back down. And, uh, it's not going to change who I am. Now they, now the, uh, 
one of the uh, outlets, one news outlet called up and said, um, oh, you're, you know, something about grifting and, and uh, you're, you're making it look good to get these pillows away. And I said, you know what? I was doing this before I even had any any money back with. We gave 100000 to Hurricane Harvey. Uh, I've been doing this back when I was penniless. I'd get the shirt off my back. I love helping people. Get, real quickly, how did they get to you on Lindell TV? How did they find out everything? You yeah, you guys, seconds. my show's on at 7 p.m. Eastern time every day on Lindell TV, you guys. And get the Frank Speech app. I'm on I'm on Getter, True Social. You guys, we got to get on all these. All these uh, uh, we got to keep our voices far and wide. Frank Speech, Lindell TV. Yeah. Mike Lindell will join us 10 o'clock tomorrow from Fly from Florida. I'm going to be, stick around for Charlie Kirk. I'm going to be on the Charlie Kirk Show next. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Solti. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.